Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Multiple capital injury. Multiple capital injury. They're throwing metal poles at us. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director, and that's brand new from the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, used by House managers today as part of their case for impeachment against Donald Trump. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. The Democratic House impeachment managers today began laying out their case for why Donald Trump should be convicted in this second impeachment trial he faces. They started today with the lead manager, Jamie Raskin, going straight at the Trump legal defense team's argument that Trump's words were protected by the First Amendment, that they were simply him exercising his free speech. Jamie Raskin said that is not the case when it comes to the president of the United States. This case is much worse than someone who falsely shouts fire in a crowded theater. It's more like a case where the town fire chief, who's paid to put out fires, sends a mob not to yell fire in a crowded theater, but to actually set the theater on fire, and who then does nothing but sit back, encourage the mob to continue its rampage, and watch the fire spread on TV with glee and delight. The great bulk of today's arguments from the House Democratic managers was focused on Donald Trump's own words, his tweets, and specifically his words at that January 6th rally on the Ellipse where they claim he incited a riotous mob. But House managers took pains to show and demonstrate and prove to the United States Senate that this isn't just about what Donald Trump said on January 6th. This isn't just about the attack on the Capitol. This is about the planning and priming for that kind of an event for months by Donald Trump. This was about a president of the United States who for months before the election repeatedly claimed that the only way in which he was going to lose this election is if it was rigged, is if it was stolen, and that the beginning of the big lie the lie that somehow Donald Trump didn't really lose the 2020 presidential election? Well, that started way back in the summer of 2020. It went through the fall, and then it accelerated after the election. Joe Neguse, one of the Democratic House managers, representative from Colorado, made sure to put the big lie as the main provocative event front and center today. First, he begins with the courts, but he ignores all of their adverse rulings, when all of his claims are thrown out. Then he tries to threaten state election officials to actually change the votes. So he tried to persuade some members of his party in Congress to block the certification of his vote. When that failed, he tried to intimidate the vice president of the United States of America. Neguse and Raskin both in sort of laying out the roadmap of how the Democrats were going to present their case today, tonight, tomorrow, into tomorrow night, broke it up into three main buckets. The provocation, that's the big lie you just heard about, the attack itself, which we're going to get to in just a moment, and then the harm that was caused by the event. Those are the three different areas of focus for House managers. 
And Stacey Plaskett, the delegate that represents the Virgin Islands in the United States Congress, she's part of the House management team, and she took the role today of the attack. The groups that made up the attack, the rhetoric and language the president used to incite the attack, that violence was very much part of the design here, the white supremacist groups involved. She went piece by piece through who was involved, how they got involved, who invited them to be involved, and how they were all activated to commit this riotous insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. Some of you have said there's no way the president could have known how violent the mob would be. That is false. Because the violence, it was foreseeable. Donald Trump knew the people he was inciting. He saw the violence that they were capable of, and he had a pattern and practice of praising and encouraging that violence, never, ever condemning it. Without a doubt, the House managers are presenting a very compelling case. I don't think there's anybody, no Republican or Democrat, sitting there in the United States Senate who cannot appreciate that they are connecting the dots here and putting together an extraordinarily cogent, well-rehearsed, well-performed, and well-argued case before the United States Senate. Now, that may not change any votes at the end of the day when it comes to conviction. And I'm not sure that the case would hold up in a court of law if they had to prove that Donald Trump's words were the actual thing that caused the violence on Capitol Hill. But I think it is nearly impossible to argue with the facts that they've put out that Donald Trump violated his oath of office to protect and defend the American people, to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. One other observation I had while watching the trial today is that we can talk a lot about how the outcome is almost sort of preordained, but there's something cathartic about this trial. I think we can easily forget how traumatic the images of January 6th were for millions of Americans and the sense of despair about how deeply divided, sometimes seeming irrevocably so, we are as a country. That division has permeated so much of our politics during the transition from Trump to Biden. The impeachment trial, of course, is not going to bring an end to those divisions, but the full public airing of all that occurred in the months preceding the election and after, it does serve as a bit of catharsis, and perhaps it can put the country on slightly more sturdy ground to move forward from here. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.